article open hey guys how's it going like and comment on this video how do i fix this ah, there we go yeah, yeah that's what we want okay pull the hat down so i look cooler <sighs> guys follow me on instagram and follow me on twitter at devastator 48 instagram it's pro here's the thing it's right there down at the bottom you can go there and follow me anytime you want guys please like and share this video react to it please comment in the comments section that really helps out um, as you can see man oh I hate this there we go as you can see I've got my little donate track where uh, no right there a little donate tracker down at the screen you can hook me up with a tip if you so choose by going into the description and clicking on the Streamlabs link if you would like <clears throat> guys there's three of you watching right now one of you could comment right now and it would really help me out now that being said if there's something weird like no sound or something like that, um, you can let me know quick. That'd be awesome. Um, I'm just going to do that and get the ball rolling. Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys, okay, we've got a lot to cover. Pretty interesting things are happening in the world. Uh, more depressing than anything, really. But the first thing that I wanted to show you guys. Uh, and, you know, no one's surprised here. But Teresa Tam just got a raise. And uh, it's a 22% raise out of making... She was already making over $200,000. She's now making... She now received a raise of around $59,000, which is probably what I'm going to make this year to support my whole family. Which, as you know, is a drastic pay cut for me if you pay attention to this channel at all. But I don't kneel to tyrants. So anyway, it says Teresa Tam gets a 22% raise from the Toronto Star. <sighs> Dr. Teresa Tam has been granted the raise, according to BlackRock's reporter. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here. The jump to $324,000 a year was approved despite missteps, including Tam's 2020 announcement that COVID is largely under control in June of 2020 and her recommendation that Canadians use Kleenex to ward off infection. Now, BlackLock. Sorry, BlackLock. So... Blacklock said. So, guys, first of all, I mean, 
let's be serious. It was probably under control and never really actually a big threat. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, anyway, the point is, is that we don't need a Chinese communist spy as our top doctor uh, receiving an extra $59,400 a year. So she was making $265,000 a year. And obviously uh, that wasn't enough. No, like I'm not against raises. If you're doing a good job and I'm not even opposed to really large government, uh, like government contracts for a single person. I mean, not, not as an entire principal, but $265,000 a year was already way too much for this woman. Um, she has proven to be utterly useless. And so her getting a raise of $60,000 uh, is disgusting. Uh, Blacklocks noted, Tam had said in June 2020 she expected a COVID-19 infection rate in Canada. I don't even care about this. I don't care about her track record. I just care that she's making way too much money. Now, this is maybe an issue we could bring to our MPs. You know, maybe this is something we bring to the conservative uh, leaders that are running, the conservative <clears throat> uh, politicians that are running uh, for leader, something like that. Maybe we could ask them, um, will you give the chief medical officer of Canada a pay cut? That would be something that would help sway my vote. If they said, yeah, we're going to cut her down to, I don't know, like 120 a year, maybe 150. I don't know. To be nice. Um, you know, that would be pretty awesome. I'm not saying that money really has to go anywhere else. Just that. She doesn't deserve over $300,000 a year, obviously. She wants to put tracking devices on every single person, which she has stated publicly. If you don't know about that, you can go check that out. Um, if you just look up Teresa Tam documentary on YouTube, you will find her video from around 2010 about putting people into isolation camps and putting tracking bracelets on them, if you don't know about that. They give self-raises as we are having a hard time paying for gas and food. Yeah, so it's funny, right? My truck, usually, I usually put about 87 liters in it when it's basically empty. Right now, that is costing me about $168. So pretty disgusting. Uh, very, very, very hard to survive when you're spending $1,000 a month on gas between two vehicles. <clears throat> She works for the who at the same time. Yeah, so I would love to know what her salary is, David says. Uh, she works for the who at the same time. So what, what is her salary? It's crazy. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up to you guys. So you have something else to complain about <laughs> tomorrow at work. Uh, anyway, let's see what else is going on here. Uh, ooh. Joe Biden uttered a really strange cryptic message for us. Uh, and this is, is this from today? I think it's from today. Hold on. Let me just check. Oh, one day ago. So this is from yesterday. Listen to what he has to say. Mr. President, are, Mr. President, are you 
Uh, confident you have, I know you're looking for more money from Congress for the, this vaccine campaign and for, for COVID funding going into the fall. Uh, how much of the supply of vaccines for these small children uh, is there and, and how many of the nation's kids will you be able to get? Now listen to what happens here. He doesn't actually even answer this question. He just comes back with something, I would say, even more startling and horrifying. Get vaccinated before you need more money uh, from Congress. Well, we'll get through at least this year. We, we do need more money, but we don't just need more money for vaccines for children eventually. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. So you've heard this a lot. You've heard politicians stating emphatically that there will be another pandemic, a second one, he's saying. <clears throat> um, as a matter of fact, he is stating it. Um, so what does that show you? Now, Joe Biden is just a puppet on strings at this point, but he is there issuing a warning that there will be a second pandemic. Um, and if you follow this channel or anything else on the actual conservative line of thinking, you will know that many people have been saying there will be a second pandemic uh, since kind of since the start of the first one. Uh, Bill Gates, all those guys, they've all been saying there will, in fact, be a second pandemic or another one, and there, and it will happen. So we have to th this is just confirmation. I'm going to rewind it just a hair. It'll be another pandemic. We have to think ahead. And that's not something the last outfit did very well. That's something we've been doing for fairly well. That's why we need the money. So uh, that's the also. Oh, look at this. Also, the power outages and food shortages are all government created. Yeah. So, David, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, one thing that I wanted to do um, is I want to go through and show all the food processing plants um, that have burnt down. But uh, I didn't have that information today, so I'm actually going to go through three different articles um, that are very closely related, and it has to do with food shortages and food issues. Now, this could be a coincidental set of events, but... Do we really think there are coincidences anymore, guys? Do we really? Uh, I don't. Conveniently, a gas plant in Texas is on fire. Oh, right now? Awesome. Great. You know what, uh, David? If you post a link to that in the comments, that would be really helpful for us. I would appreciate that. But while we're waiting for that to potentially happen, we are going to cover two more issues. Sorry, one more issue currently. So, this is the first one. Yeah, so guys, this article is called, from the Charlotte Observer, is titled, Thousands of Cattle Suddenly Die in Kansas, Officials Say. What's to blame? Oh, look at those cute cows. Thousands of cows recently died in Kansas due to excessive heat and humidity, officials say. Thousands of cattle died in Kansas 
in recent days due to sweltering heat and humidity, officials say. Estimates vary on the total number dead as ranchers aren't required to report deaths. The State Department of Agriculture told Mc... Mc... McClatchy News, the deaths are centered in southwest Kansas, where several weather factors led to heat stress for cattle, a department spokesman said. Temperatures were in the 80s and low 90s until a sudden spike to 100 degrees on June 11th, followed by two more days of triple-digit heat, according to the Weather Channel. Yeah, so uh, for Celsius... Um, it was getting to be over 40 degrees at some points, so extremely hot. At least 2,000 animals were lost, Reuters reported. That figure is based on the number of carcasses state officials were asked to help dispose of. However, the number could be much higher, up to 10,000 <clears> or more according to DTN, an outlet that specializes in agriculture industry analysis. We know from reports from our members that there has been a significant number of deaths in the area of the state. Scarlett Haggins, Vice President of Communications for the Kansas Livestock Association, told McClatchy News. While heat stress deaths are known to happen... Okay, so this is the important section. While heat stress stress deaths are known to happen, they don't to this scale. This is a very unique and unfortunate event, Haggins said. Very unique. So rare. Rare and unfortunate. Okay, keep that in mind. This is an anomaly. This is abnormal, right? That's what... That's what she's saying. That's what the expert is saying. Okay? So, cattle are generally hardy animals and able to handle heat, but there's a limit. The problem in this case is that temperatures were high during the day, but didn't drop at night, or at least didn't drop far enough, largely largely due to uncharacteristically high humidity, Hagen said. This worsens with consecutive days of high heat, and as such, the cattle couldn't get any relief. Normally, western and southwestern Kansas is an arid part of the state. So, normally, this place is not even humid. Although it gets hot, it's not humid, Hagen said. Sudden change is what really caused the losses. It didn't give the cattle time to acclimate. Sorry, I'm, uh, you know, sometimes my words, they're not so great. All right. And temperatures are rising again. A high of 103 is expected on June 16th. This is a while ago. It's a couple weeks, a week ago. Two weeks? Yeah. Uh, anyway, the temperatures rising in Ulysses, the town reportedly hardest hit by the heat wave, followed by 100-degree 100, 100 heat on June 17th, according to the Weather Channel. So, that is a strange article, but it's not. So, check this out. Wow. I have zero people, apparently, on the live stream. So, that is an interesting anomaly. Guys, if you are watching, can you please comment to let me know that you're watching? Uh, That would be very helpful for me. 
uh, to know if anyone's actually even there. And you know what? If you're not, I don't care. I'll talk into the air. You can listen to me later. It's fine. Hey, David Cornelius. He sent me a link. So you know what? Let's detour for a second. To take a look at this link that I have been sent. If it will load, you know. Um, So I'm going to check my internet connection right now. Uh, It's all good to go. So, just a guy on TikTok. All right. Okay, so, oh. So, I'm pausing it. So, guys, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to jump from this article to something else really quick here. Um, Is this the one? Yeah, it's this one. So there you go. Okay, let's play this. Oh. Hmm. Ain't that interesting. So it says, oh great, another addition to the energy crisis. Oh, it says, in midst of energy crisis, mysterious explosion in Texas takes one of the world's largest fuel plants offline. One of the world's largest natural gas liqui- liquefaction plants suffered an explosion on Wednesday. I assume that's a place where they turn um, natural gas into liquid natural gas. Now, um, to play the other side, natural gas uh, is explosive. And so could the explosion have been caused by mishandling of the product? We always have to err on the side of caution, right? So anyway, let's keep reading. The cause of the blast is not known, uh, but the Freeport LNG plant on Quintana Island about 70 miles south of Houston will be out of service for at least three weeks the Houston Chronicle reported that together with the I don't know food processing plants everything else that's happening you know this is a coordinated attack so obviously I'm the kind of person that uh, leans on the side of it being a coordinated attack um but I don't know for sure. Um, we can never actually know. Uh, yeah. So there's that. I'm going to check something out here. Really quick. To bring us all down. Don't, don't do that. Okay. So we're back on me. I am just going to go check something out here. <sighs> I'm just going to my Facebook page. And checking out stuff. Quick. I just want to see what's going on here. I'm listening to myself. So on there, it doesn't say how many people are there. Who? Someone gave me an angry face. Ah, I was probably just someone being nice to me. So guys, if you can comment, like I said, that would be fantastic. Let me know who's actually out there. 
in the universe because I've never had this happen before where it's literally dropping to zero. It is a bizarre phenomenon. This is my normal night, Thursday nights. So it is a confusing thing. Anyway, guys, okay, so let's just take a look at this article again. So thousands of cattle died, okay? That's that's basically the point, and it is anomaly. It is a rare occurrence. It is out of the ordinary, and it is super uh, weird. And um, yeah, it just doesn't happen. So what's really interesting is uh, I have another article from IFL Science, which I will not say what the name of that is actually called. Now, on IFL Science, March 23rd, 2022, IFL Science released an article that says, gene-edited beef cattle resistant to heat stress approved by FDA. So a gene-edited cow... That was re- that is resistant to heat stress was approved by the FDA on March twenty third, two thousand twenty two. At least the article was written on March twenty third, two thousand twenty two. Beef from cattle that's been gene edited to better withstand heat stress could soon be making its way onto dinner plates in the U.S. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration FDA announced it has made a low risk determination for the marketing of food products made from the gene-tweaked beef cattle after their review found that the genomic alteration didn't cause any safety concerns. This means the FDA doesn't need the developer of the gene-edited cattle to earn further approval before bringing the beef to market, and it could be available to consumers in around two years. In recent years, the FDA has given the thumbs up to five applications for five gene-edited animals, chicken, goats, salmon, rabbit, and pigs. However, this latest approval is a first for the FDA because the genomic alteration can be passed onto offspring, allowing the trait to be shared through conventional breeding. So there is a point where a this GMO cow could eventually become the only cow's that we have if we're not careful right so think about that it will be able to pass on its its uh its gene edited ability now you might think you might be tempted to think that making a heat resistant cow is a good thing but let's not forget that what we just learned from that other article is that gene edited cows or sorry, he, cows rarely have heat issues. And so all of a sudden a mass amount of cows die from the heat just in time for these gene edited heat resistant cows to be approved by the FDA. Now, that strikes me as very weird. And um, David, I saw your TikTok already. I already went over it. So I went through it really quick. You might you might have already missed it, but I went through the TikTok video already. So I'm back onto the cows. Now, what I think is really interesting here 
is that um, the original grant for this gene-edited cow uh, is from 2017. So, uh, yeah, so check it out. This is from geneticliteracyproject.org. Cow of the future. Genetically engineered heat-resistant cattle could adapt to climate change in 2017. So, maybe this is a real argument that climate change is a problem. It is going to kill the cows if we don't edit them. Now, what's interesting, though, is why, uh, you know, especially if you saw what I talked about last week about how they're literally trying to replace beef with cricket meat. Um, you're going to eat crickets. But he's on there in that video we watched last week uh, referring to crickets as livestock. <laughs> so it's funny, right? Um, I just It strikes me as odd that the climate change people want you to stop eating beef, but they also want to genetically engineer uh, cows that are heat resistant uh, so that we can keep having cows when the climate goes up. So, like I say, this is from 2017, though, and it says scientists are developing a breed of genetically modified cows of the future that will be more heat resistant and have superior ability to adapt to hot living conditions. More than half of the cattle in the world live in hot and humid environments, including about 40% of beef cows in the U.S., researchers said. So what's interesting is that um, a heat wave hits with mass humidity in Kansas and kills a bunch of cows, which is a rare and unlikely occurrence just as this is being released. Now, you can do the math. Obviously, you know, some of us some of us think it's chemtrails. They're whatever they're pumping into the atmosphere is destroying um is 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 somehow controlling the weather to a degree at least. Uh that's a pretty common theory. Now, I don't know for sure. I honestly have not really delved into the world of chemtrails if I'm totally honest with you guys. But uh, I'm at a point where I think anything is possible. Anyway, so <clears throat> if we keep reading the article, we already know that they succeeded in this. Look at this. By using genomic tools, researchers aim to produce an animal that can adapt to hot living conditions and produce top quality beef. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. Scientists from University of Florida in the U.S. are studying a more heat-tolerant Brangus cow, a cross between an Angus and a Brahmin. So are they just, like, are they just crossbreeding cows? Like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't understand enough. I assume because it says genomic tools that they're, they're splicing them on a genetic level. Um, so anyway... Wow, look at this name. Raluca Matiscu, an associate professor at UF, is part of the team that has received a three-year, $733,000 grant for this research. 
The grant allows us to track down DNA segments from the two breeds and figure out which regions of the cow's DNA are important to regulate body temperature. Uh, he or she said. Researchers eventually want to develop the knowledge and tools the cattle industry needs to increase tolerance to heat stress. So anyway, uh, you can see that they are allegedly um, successful in this endeavor. And uh, they did it. They really did it. They made the heat-resistant cows just in time for you to have all your cows die from heat waves. So, great news, everybody. Anyway, guys, um, I wanted to carry on with the theme of what we were talking about uh, last week when it came to the Bible and some of the theological positions that I hold. And so, interestingly, one of the... uh, sections dealing with eschatology that comes up a lot um, when dealing with other positions that I don't hold to. So I am a futuristic premillennialist and uh, I do, I am fairly convinced of a pre-tribulational rapture. Uh, If you don't know what that means, that means that people are uh, raptured and then the seven year tribulation period happens. So the Antichrist will rise up uh, and then slowly but surely plagues will be released on the earth and the events of Revelation will unfold. So if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, um, this has kind of been cited to me as a proof text for why Premillennialism, premillennialism cannot be true. Um, you'll see that. Oh, you can't really tell, but I've underlined some things in there uh, so that I can make my life easier. Now, I think we're going to cross-reference this. So this is First Corinthians fifteen, starting in verse twenty-four. Actually, we need to start um, in verse. 21, I think it would be a good place to start, but we're going to uh, cross reference it with 1 Thessalonians uh, 13 to 18. So, 1 Corinthians 15 starts in 22. Actually, well, no, we'll start at verse 20. It says this But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ's at his coming. So, if you know your Bible well, or maybe you don't even know it that well, but you this sounds familiar to you. Christ, then after those who are Christ's at his coming. That's what it says. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. So that is a resurrection from the dead. Now, if you go to 1 Thessalonians 4... Starting in verse 13, it says, 
But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. <clears throat> so there is a coming of the Lord that will happen. And then it says in verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So, when we go back to 1 Corinthians 15, we now see, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. So the dead will be resurrected first, it says in First Thessalonians 4. For as in Adam <clears throat> all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Again, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, after that those who are Christ's at his coming. Now, here comes the linchpin. Um, that some of the other positions think they have over us. Oops, I skipped the whole thing. <clears throat> it says, Then comes the end. And so, uh, the way that this has been presented to me by, a po by the post-mill side is, uh, hold on, Then comes the end. So, boom, then the end comes. So, Jesus comes, gathers all his people to himself, and then the end comes. And the way they're taking that is, Jesus is going to come down, and we're going to enter into the eternal kingdom. And he will hand over his throne back to the Father. Because, so if you're a post-millennialist, you believe Jesus is ruling and reigning from his throne now. But if you hold my position, uh, futuristic premillennialism, you believe that Jesus ascended to the right hand of his father and he is reigning as God has always reigned. But we believe that he will reign in a physical kingdom on earth for a thousand years. And he has not started that reign yet. And so that is what the reign is that we're talking about. So they look at this and they see a problem for that position. It says, then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to the God and father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and all power. And so they go like this. Um, Christ is the first fruits. And after that, those who are Christ's at his coming, that's who he's taking. Bringing to gathering to himself. Then they see it very plainly as then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father. So then they go, boom. See? Hands over the kingdom to the God and Father. That's not what it says. Look. 
keep reading in verse 24. The second part says, the end comes in the first part of the verse. Now, I'm not doing anything to scramble anything. I'm not being manipulative with the text, but I'm going to leave a section out so you can see what I believe it's saying. Then the end comes. Now I'm going to skip to the second part of the verse. When he has abolished all rule and authority and power. So the point is, is the end comes when he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father. But before he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, there's another when. When he has abolished all rule and authority and power. So he is going to come back. The start of the end, so to speak, is the abolishing of all rule and all authority and power. Then he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father. So that's not just me rearranging the verses. Now, again, I don't know Greek. There could be something going on in the Greek text that I don't know about that could demonstrate that I'm wrong about this. Uh, I have to, I have to grant that because I just, I simply don't know about the grammar, but what I see is then comes the end and it's present tense. When he hands over the kingdom to the God and father. And then it says when past tense, he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. And there's a bunch of different tenses in Greek that maybe that's not exactly what's going on there. I don't know, but this is how I have to read it in English for you guys. So it says when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. So that abolishing all rule and all authority and power based on the way that's being translated seems to necessitate that the abolishing of all rule and authority and power comes before he hands over the kingdom to the God and father. Then it says this, and they really love this part for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death for he has put all things in subjection under his feet. <clears throat> anyway, it goes on to the subjection stuff, which, you know, could be really, uh, um, you know, that could be helpful for their position, uh, but I'm not trying to avoid it or anything. I'm just trying to show you guys what it says here. Verse 25, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death. And this is the interesting part. Um, what's going on here? Oh, no, we're good. Here's what it says. Look at this. Or, yeah, look at, like, this is what I'm seeing, and I can't unsee it now that I've read it and worked it out for myself. Someone could show me that I'm wrong. I'm willing to be corrected, but I don't, I don't, I don't see how it's not saying what I see. So, when he has abolished all rule and authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. So the point is, he's going to come back, and then the end comes. And he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father when he has abolished all rule and authority and power. And 
He has put all his enemies under his feet because he must put all his enemies under his feet. And then he hands the kingdom over to God. So a post-millennialist sees Jesus as ruling and reigning from heaven right now. And they would say he's on his seated on his throne, his Davidic throne. He's ruling and reigning. I believe they would use the term Davidic, I think. He's ruling and reigning from his throne. Um, then he returns and he hands over the kingdom to God the Father. And we enter straight into the eternal kingdom because they believe that Jesus is currently reigning and putting all his enemies under his feet right now as we speak. But I take that as an entirely future event. So guys, if this makes any sense to you, or if you see what I'm saying, let me know in the comments section. That would be really helpful. But I cannot unsee these verses. And so, <clears throat> how it, I believe, yeah, um, I believe the connection for me to 1 Thessalonians 4 is simply that it says that in... Uh, Verse, uh, where is it? Oh, verse 23, it says, Each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ's at his coming. So, boom, he's coming, right? Jesus is coming. And the coming is the gathering of his people, of his church to himself, which is what it says in 1 Thessalonians 4. Right? Um, it says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Uh, where is it? Hmm. Yeah, so basically, verse 15 would be the connection. It says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Once again, go back to 1 Corinthians 15, 23. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ's at his coming. And this is talking about the resurrection of the dead. And that this coming of the Lord seems to be the same event that's in first Thessalonians four, 13, uh, to 18. I, I can't unsee it. It's what's there. And so as I walk through this text, I would argue that in first Corinthians 15, 24, then comes the end, the coming, the end that they're talking about is the start of Christ's, millennial reign Christ returns um, Christ returns after Christ starts his reign after his coming in verse 23 
And it says, when he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. That's what I see. And so uh, I'm thankful for you guys. Um, I pray that uh, that would be helpful for you. And, you know, if you disagree with the premillennial view, um, you know, go look over these things. Uh, and I hope that it encourages you to read and study scripture. And, you know, if you think I'm wrong, that's, that's fine with me. Uh, read it, love it, look at it, uh, pray about it, and study the Bible. It bothers me not at all if someone disagrees with me. I just hope that it causes them to study the text more. And guys, you know, I think it's going to be a short episode tonight. Because uh, I am, uh, well, I'm basically all out of content. So I want to thank you guys for showing up, watching this. Um, like I say, you can follow me at Bro Here's the Thing on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Devastator48. And um, if you feel so inclined and you want to support what I'm doing, uh, in making it better and, you know, maybe keeping me alive for the next year, <laughs> you can go to the stream, you can go to the stream labs link and, uh, send me a, a donation. Uh, I would really appreciate it. Any amount is fine. Um, but yeah, uh, support, support your, uh, content creator friends. And, uh, with that guys, uh, I will see you next week probably maybe there'll be a bonus episode at some point i don't know things are getting pretty hairy my wife she's she's really pregnant she's very very close to going into labor and so we're very excited about welcoming welcoming our new guy into the world uh so if you feel so inclined you can pray for that for a safe and quick delivery uh, that would be very helpful for us. Anyway, thanks guys and have a great night.